0: praise the lord everybody come on let's put our hands together this is the day that the lord hath made let us rejoice and be glad in it amen we want to welcome you this morning to our in-person service as well as our live stream service we are thanking god for waking us up this morning starting us on our way amen uh, those of you watching my live stream, please invite and encourage uh, others, amen. Those of you in person, use your texts or whatever you need to do. But we're gonna share the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Psalm twenty four, seven to ten, to lift up ye heads, o ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye ever lifted up. The everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is church, the king of glory. Come on, let's stand this morning. Let's put our hands together. Give God praise and song. Oh, magnify the Lord.
1: Simply me the rock of my salvation. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it be the rock. Blessed we'll be the rock of my salvation Blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock. Blessed be the Blessed be the Blessed be.
2: says, Blessed be the rock of my salvation. There is a rock and there is a salvation. And it all culminates in the righteous name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Let us bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. One more day. Yes. We know it's you, Lord, because we have the activities of our limbs. We know it's you, Lord, because we have the breath of life. We know it's you, dear Lord, because the blood is running warm in our veins. We know it's you, Lord, because you got us up and got us to church today. We know it's you, Lord, because you died on Calvary's cross and got up on the third day just like you said you would. And you promised that you're coming back to get us, dear Lord. Come, Lord. Come see Come look in on us, dear Lord. We need you. We need you. We need your strength. We need your faith, your courage, your conviction, your healing, your renewal. We need you, dear Lord. If we don't have nothing else, dear Lord, if all we got is you, that's enough. We invite you into this service. Send forth your Holy Spirit, dear Lord, to rest on every heart and every mind that's gathered. Whether it be on the internet or whether it be here live in person, dear Lord, have your way. Have your way in the song. Have your way in the prayer. Have your way in the word that will be preached, dear Lord. Blessing the pastor of this church, dear Lord. Give him the strength that he needs. The conviction that he needs, dear Lord, in these trying times. Satan is busy, but thank God you have overcome the world, dear Lord. And when praying time is over. It's time to go on home, dear Lord. Mm-hmm. We ask that you would be there to greet us, to hold us, yes. to take us, dear Lord, forever and forever with you in eternity. We thank you in advance for what you're about to do, dear Lord our prayers that someone get saved today, dear Lord, bring someone home. We ask all of this in the righteous name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 A responsive reading, which is a very important part because it puts us all on the same page, all with one voice. And today it's called Christian unity. Can everybody say that? Christian unity, amen. There's a ring to that, and it comes to us in Psalms and in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. And it says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, and it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Everyone, now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular.
1: Praise God for
2: 248, hold to God's unchanging hand.
0: some praise. Hold to his hands. Anybody glad today that God's hands doesn't change like we ours do? Amen. Thanking God for all of his blessings. Amen. Hold to God's unchanging hands. Amen. We are blessed to have each of you with us this morning. We're going to ask if uh, Sister Rebecca Fitzgerald, if she would come and, and give us a welcome this morning.
3: Good morning, Second Baptists and friends. We love to greet and welcome our in-house visitors as well as our live stream visitors. We are very pleased that you chose to worship with us today
4: and we hope the time you have shared with us will strengthen your Christian journey. If you are in this area again, we would love to have you worship with us. We have a saying here, the first time you are a visitor,
3: And the second time, you are family. Thank you and God bless. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Let church say amen. 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 Giving God honor and praise and glory for all things. We again just uh, thank God for each of you who are here with us this morning. You know, we had an awesome week here. At Second Baptist on uh, this past Tuesday, we had our Valentine's uh, Banquet, amen, sponsored by our couple's ministry. We had a fabulous time. I'm sure we'll be getting some of those pictures uh, out to you. And I know next year that you'll want to join with us. We had such a wonderful time. And on yesterday, our youth ministry had sponsored a bowling outing. Uh, They are Thunderbird Lanes and Warminster and I see a number of you who are here today and we had a great time great turnout. I have to admit the food wasn't that good. Amen. Just got to tell it like it is, you know, they, they wouldn't let us bring in what we wanted to bring in. So we had to go with what we had, but it wasn't that good. So I know that when you went home, you had to get you a little something else to help out along the way. But we're just praising God and thanking him for all of his blessings. We want to let you know that our ushers are still uh, looking for additional people to serve uh, with our ushered board there, so please see uh, Sister Leslie Hawks uh, at the end of the service. We want you to sign up. Amen. Also our family greeters, Sister Rebecca Fitzgerald, serving as our family greeter for today, and and so we certainly thank her for that. Uh, But Sister Van Winter is going to be asking you uh, to serve in that capacity. So we would like our families to sign up with her. Please just tell her yes when she asks you, amen, uh, to serve as a family greeter. We also want to remind you of our 2023 church theme, amen, that is that we are together in Christ. And so we're thanking God for all of his blessings, amen. Also, make sure that you keep on your calendar our uh, Christ and cultural humility dates that are going to be coming up. Our next date is going to be Sunday, March the 25th, and then on April the 23rd. So uh, please make sure you put that on the calendar. We are going to ask for you to stay after church uh, with us as we really get an opportunity to learn more about one another. Amen. Uh, If you have not received your tax giving letter, uh, make sure that you see uh, one of the trustees. They would be happy to give that to you. Uh, It's time now. We got to turn it in. Uh, you know the old saying there's only two things you have to do in this world that is pay your taxes amen and, you, and nobody here is going to stay here forever so we do know that that is the case so make sure that you get your tax giving letter amen we want to take a moment and just to uh, offer up our tithes and our offerings unto the lord for those of you who are here in person we have an offertory box located at the back of the church and So please make sure that before you leave, that you place your tithes and your offerings there. Those of you who are watching by live stream today, we pray that you will uh, click on the tithely button right there on the website, and you can submit your tithes and your offerings there, or you can mail it in to us. So we are grateful and thankful, and we're thanking God for all blessings. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to give. We thank you, Lord God, for both the gift and the giver. We ask, God, that you bless those that gave, bless those who had a desire to give but had it not. And so, Lord, we do recognize, realize, and understand that everything we have comes from you. So we ask, God, that you would continue to bless us here at Second Baptist Church, that what we receive, Lord God, that we will be mindful and good stewards, Lord God, of that which is given, that we may build up your kingdom while we are here on earth. And so, Lord, we say thank you. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. It's in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray, let the church say, amen, amen. You know, every... Uh, third Sunday or at least once a month we take time to recognize our members who are celebrating birthdays uh, for the month uh, as well as those who have wedding anniversaries and so uh, those of you who have birthdays there for the month of February we're going to put that screen up amen And you can see those who are celebrating birthdays here for the month of February and so uh, we're going to ask Pastor Paul he's going to lead us amen and we just want to sing happy birthday Birthday to all of our February people. Amen. And if we have those who are celebrating uh, wedding anniversary here on in February, if you're here today, just stand. Amen. I see one name, two names up there who, uh, Amen, who are celebrating birthdays uh, during this month. We, Brother uh, James and Barbara Mitchell, Amen, is celebrating 54 years. Amen. Thank God for the Mitchells. Amen. Scott and Brenda Topping, 31 years, thanking God for you. Amen. Congratulations. We got Gus and Libby Rogers up there. I'm not sure how many years. They've been married way over uh, 50-something years. And then for Harry and Erica Jones. Harry, uh, I'm going to ask you to tell me to see and then Erica can confirm it. All right, Harry. (laughs) All right, all, right, all right. Is that right? All right, Lord, you got it right, Harry. That, that's a beautiful thing. So praising God uh, for that. You know, just thanking God each month, uh, each February and each Sunday of this month, uh, we've been celebrating our moments in black history. And before we have our presenter come, uh, I just want to let you know that on next Sunday is our celebration Sunday. We are going to have a soul food dinner, a cultural soul food dinner, amen. Uh, after church, I'm going to ask Sister Lois Jones if she would come. She's going to give us a little more information about that because we need your help, amen. Welcome, Sister Lois. Good morning, everyone. Good
4: morning. As Pastor said, um, next Sunday is a potluck soul food dinner. Uh, We haven't had it in the last three years uh, due to the pandemic, but we're back. And uh, we do need your assistance. Uh, I have a sign-up sheet out on the bulletin board, but uh, we still have a lot of vacant spots. So uh, we'll be sitting out in the foyer uh, with a sign-up sheet. And please stop by if you haven't already and, and sign up for something. I know we have some great cooks in this church, so please stop by and, and do that. Uh, it's always a joyous day for us. We fellowship and eat and, you know, we don't have a lot of soul food uh, uh, restaurants in this area, so you get to sample all these different type foods. But I do need uh, your help with uh, also setting up, we're gonna uh, set up probably Thursday around noontime, so if any of you are available and can come help me set up uh, also, we'll need servers that day. We need uh, a few more. Uh, we usually have about 12 servers, so if you can uh, volunteer for that, and let, uh, to clean up also. And with the uh, dinner, when you bring your uh, food, I'd like you to use this half pan. And uh, we'll have some out uh, in the foyer, near the sign-up sheet. Uh, we use this pan because it fits in the racks, and. Uh, Uh, It saves us some time. Also, um, you should heat your food. uh, That saves us time also. And label it. uh, Tell us what it is. And especially if you have peanuts in it, because we do have some uh, members that are allergic to peanuts. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. So if you'll come out next week and um, have fellowship and food with us. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sister Lois. You know, that's always a great time of fellowship here. As Sister Lois mentioned, that uh, we have not uh, been able to get together in the last three years, you know, due to the pandemic. So we are looking forward uh, to that fellowship. Uh, I'm sure it'll be packed. And any time we talk about food, you know it will be packed uh, in here. So make sure you get in here, get in on time. Amen. But also, uh, as we were talking about our Christ and Cultural Humility uh, group, Uh, that we're asking you all to participate in this next sunday as well as this whole month really falls under our christ and cultural humility where we get an opportunity to know one another and to learn about each other's cultures so on next sunday uh, we'll have opportunity uh, through food to uh, experience uh, some of that culture there so we encourage and invite you to uh, come and be a part of our cch uh, group also will be helping out Uh, for that day, so we are excited about that. Um, We're ready to have our moments in black history. You know, we've had over these last three uh, Sundays, uh, uh, two Sundays, uh, great presentations that were given, and we're just thanking God for that opportunity. And so today is the same. We are blessed to have as our moment in black history presenter this morning, Sister uh, Sherita Lee. And Sharita has so many highlights. Uh, she sent me a bio of her, and I'm telling you, first and foremost, uh, her family is here, amen, uh, for her mom and her sisters and, and nieces and nephew. Uh, we're glad to have you. So I know if the mom is like my mom used to be, amen, just as proud as can be to see their child up in the things that they are doing. But Sharita uh, is a native of Cleveland, Ohio, and moved in this area around 2017. Currently, she lives in Colmar, Pennsylvania. She's worked for Merck & Company since 1993, almost 30 years, and was currently promoted to their U.S. Vaccine Business Unit as at at Director of U.S. Vaccine Operations and Strategies. She is a, a graduate of um, Spelman College. My youngest daughter is not here as a graduate of Spelman. I know we have a few other graduates of Spelman that are here. So I know they're excited about that. Um, Charita has received uh, numerous awards uh, over the years. She most recently received the Willie Deese Award uh, by the LEED Scholarship Foundation for her work in the community. She is a community advocate. She's the founder of a nonprofit uh, called Sweet Dreams that provides dorm essentials to college students so that they can get off to a confident start and create uh, dream Spaces for Children in Undesirable Living Conditions. She also serves on several boards uh, in and outside of the United States on the Collage Dance Collective in Memphis, Tennessee, Journey to Destiny Ministries uh, in Kenya and Dominican Republic, and spent time volunteering in Senegal and West Africa. She's a member of the Bucks County Chapter of Links Incorporated and a member of the Delta uh, Sigma Theta sorority she's also uh, brother Martin Pedigo's favorite person in the whole wide world and the love of her life amen and as we said our family is here with us come on let's welcome sister Sherita Lee amen good morning, good morning
3: good morning and praise God praise God for so many things one for Eric Smith He got this slide (laughs) presentation up. We had a little panic. I thought I was gonna have to improvise and uh, call on some other folks in the audience to help me out, but it looks like we got this slide presentation going, so thank you, thank you, Eric. Uh, Thank you all for the opportunity, Pastor, to share uh, today on Africanisms that we find today in the U.S., and I am so glad that my mom and sister and nieces and nephews can be with me today because rich in our tradition and our community is family. So I could not, you know, think of a better time for my family to be here than to talk about things that we brought as Africans from the motherland, the closeness of family. That's one of the things I appreciate so much about Martin is every day he is talking to his mother. It is so important, uh, and I've learned through him how important family is and to keep that alive. And even though the slave masters at that time thought that they were disconnecting our families from each other by splitting us up. We learned how to create family, right? You know, we have cousins and aunties and uncles and nieces and and it's so funny when kids learn that that's not really your auntie or that's not really your uncle, that's not really your cousin, but we all know how to create and make families and that's what had to happen during slavery time. People recreated family and so I'm just so happy that my family is here today Um, I have visited, as you can see some of the um, pictures in the slides, I have visited several parts of Africa, including Senegal and Ghana and South Africa and the Gambia. And no matter where I went in Africa or where I go, Martin and I are going to Ghana next month, you can see and feel the elements of the connection between the cultures. And um, as you see here, um, the picture that looks out into the ocean is... From one of the slave castles and it's the door of no return where slaves left out never to return back to the africa continent again in their thoughts but they did carry in their mind luggage their traditions and they unpacked those traditions here in the United States or in the colonies as they came over. So if you go to the next slide, Eric, this just gives a few of the things I'm gonna share with you. Pastor told me I had 15 minutes top, so I'm gonna uh, stick to that. But I do wanna cover things like the Gully Geechee people. Is anyone here from Gu- the Gully Geechee? You can uh, take your history back to the Gully Geechee time period. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about that today. Uh, food, art, music, literature, all of these things we'll talk about fashion and beauty. You know I can't stop talking about fashion, so I had to insert that in somewhere. Fashion and beauty, medicine and religion. So if you go to the next slide, I want to share one of the longest standing cultures here in the U.S., and that's the Gully, Geechee culture. These are, if you go to the next slide, Eric, The Gullah Geechee is one of the longest-influenced groups of blacks in the U.S. They uh, formed as a result of the uh, transatlantic slave trade. And as you can see, they are on the coast of Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. And they created a distinct culture that blends their African heritage with the new customs and traditions of their home. This culture has been passed down from generation to generation. Next slide. You can see actually where they came from in Africa. Uh, The box down on the left towards the central Africa area um, boxes in Angola, and that's where it seems to be the name Gullah actually came from. It's uh, a part of the Gold Coast. The Gullah people were known to come from what is now known as Nigeria and the Congo and the Rice Coast. Now, the Rice Coast, it's important to understand, you know, sometimes we look at pictures or movies about slavery and we think they just pick random people or random slaves to come over to America. No, they were smart, they were strategic about who actually they captured. They wanted skilled laborers. So they intentionally captured slaves that were not just strong, but also intellectually astute, smart, architects, engineers, and agriculturalists and they needed the knowledge and understanding because they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to farm the land and to make rice grow. So one of the needs that was identified was rice cultivation, and that's what happened along the coast of South Carolina. When I go to the store, I look for Carolina rice. Does anyone else look for Carolina rice? I love Carolina rice. But when I thought about it, well, I didn't know that it's the third largest crop that's produced even still today in the United States, and it started out from slaves, and bringing that engineering and technology and thoughts over to us. Next slide. So rice was an important crop for the slave people to grow, as it could be used for food and also for trading. Enslaved people were often forced to work long hours in the hot sun to produce rice, and conditions were often harsh. African-Americans continued to farm rice, After slavery ended, and many made their living by working as tenant farmers and sharecroppers, and this work allowed African Americans to gain economic independence while providing a valuable product for the nation. Next slide. You can see some of the harsh conditions, and because of these conditions with the flooding of the fields, masters were often absent. They were not hanging out down there with the slaves, with the mosquitoes and all the things that came out of that water, so isolations from whites is what really allowed the Gullah Geechee culture to really flourish and maintain even its traditions today. Rice is a very important crop in the African-American culture, and it's the third largest crop, as I said. So as we move from talking about rice, I want to move on to talking about food. And this is going to support Sister's plea for you all to bring uh, food for next Sunday. If you go to the next slide, Eric. Don't these dishes look marvelous? Please somebody bring some of these things next Sunday. But in addition to rice, slavery had a tremendous impact on the food that is eaten in the U.S. today. African slaves brought over things like okra. There was no okra here. Rice. Watermelon, sweet potatoes, and black-eyed peas. Even some of the dishes that are cooked today, like gumbo, sweet potato pie, jambalaya, red beans and rice, collard greens, and bread pudding, all of these have roots in slave culture. Without us, we would not have those wonderful dishes that we have today. Soul food has been an important part of the African-American culture since the days of slavery. And even though the recipes may have changed over time, to suit today's palate, the spirit and flavor of the food remains timeless. So I am really looking forward to next Sunday. So if you go to the next slide, and actually I had some water. If you go to the next slide, I wanna talk a little bit about, thank you. Slaves created really a unique art form With art, music, literature, and it was really heavily influenced um, by Africa. This form of expression helped keep their culture alive despite the oppression that they faced. Slavery influenced how art was used as a tool to convey ideas about race and power and identity. Artists often used Their work to speak out against injustices or depict African-Americans in a more dignified manner than they were typically portrayed in popular culture. Contemporary artists continue to draw inspiration and legacy of slavery and the African-American experience. African-American literature that we read and hear about and see today was often influenced by slavery. The works of Harriet Jacobs and Frederick Douglass writing about their experiences in captivity helped to forge abolitionists to fight for freedom. Now you can't talk about the influence of Africa without talking about music. Music has the power to unite people across cultures. African music has been a major influence on American music. African music has had a huge impact on the styles from jazz, blues, hip hop, R&B and funk. You see the picture of the drums at the top, some of those drums and the percussions you still hear today. Um, the African call and response style can be heard in churches all across America. We still do call and response. For example, if I say, God is good. All the time. All, the time, God is good. all right, so that came from Africa, just so you know. <laughs> um, many spirituals were heavily influenced by African music traditions. Spirituals such as Go Down Moses and Still Away, were really coded messages amongst the slaves, and it really helped to keep them motivated and to know what was coming up. African culture has, has, has a major influence in storytelling for centuries. You all see Anansi the Spider, we all remember reading about those folk tales in school, and if you haven't, please Google it, students. Um, even African influence on our language, words like okra and gumbo, badunkadunk, groove and jazz, all come from Africa. Even African speech and cadence, such as Kumbaya. And we all know that means what? Come by, here. come by here. So one of the most iconic symbols I wanted to reference was the basket making at the bottom, which is from the Gullah Geechee culture. It takes about two weeks to make a basket. And it comes from sweet grass, and those baskets are still being made even today as a symbol of their resilience in the Gullah Geechee area of the United States. Now, if you have on African attire today, please stand. Don't they look beautiful? (laughs) Next slide, Eric. African slaves and their descendants have had a long and lasting impact on fashion and beauty. During the transatlantic slave trade, African slaves were often forced to wear clothing that was dehumanizing to them, plain cotton garments or plain fabrics, but African slaves used their creativity to make unique styles of clothing that reflected their culture, including vibrant colors and patterns like you just saw with the uh, members standing. Techniques such as weaving and beading are often seen in modern American fashion today. Um, which all originated from Africa. Now we see in the mainstream, actually African boutiques and places where you can actually go and get this just as you can, even in Macy's and some of the department stores. The beauty influence still can be seen in natural hairstyles like braids and bantu knots. African American beauty standards have also been influential in the cosmetic industry, and that's being recognized today as we go and buy our shea butter. All in all, African-American influence on fashion and beauty has been undeniable. If we could talk just one thing about medicine, go to the next slide. And I thought I would bring this out because many of us were vaccinated this year for COVID. Some of us have had up to five vaccines so far. And I just want to point out one of the many contributions of slaves to modern medicine, as the majority of us really um, can owe our vaccination and inoculations to an African named Onesimus. He was given as a gift by a church congregation to Cotton Mather. And he was a Puritan minister of the North Church. And Mather is actually, we don't know his actual real name and that's Onesimus at the bottom, but Mather or Mather actually named him Onesimus after an African slave in the Bible Um, Wanzimas means useful, helpful, or profitable. He's believed to be of the Akan people of Ghana, and he's credited with introducing the practice of inoculation against smallpox to America. He learned about inoculation from African tribes and taught Mather about it. So after the smallpox outbreak in Boston in 1721, Mather took the knowledge from Wanzimas and shared that to help to prevent the spread of smallpox and really saved much of the population. So in 2016, not that long ago, Boston Magazine um, recognized Onesimus, and and he was declared one of the best Bostonians of all time. So as you go and get that vaccine, think about Onesimus. And so have confidence that it didn't start here, but we actually started this in Africa. And then lastly, if you go to the next slide, I thought today I would dispel just one more myth about Christianity and its influence here in America. Many people think that Christianity was void of slaves until coming to America. Africa had a rich religious history long before the onset of the European slave trade. It is believed that Christianity was introduced to Africa as early as the first century AD the early Christian communities in Africa were largely independent of European control, and many developed unique forms of worship and expression. By the time the slave trade began, Christianity had already spread throughout much of North Africa, Ethiopia, and parts of West Africa. It's estimated that 15 to 30% of the slaves who were brought here were already Christians. So in case you didn't know, And that was in the 17th century And so as early as the 16th century, many African slaves were baptized. So it didn't just start here in the US. And the tradition continued. And I share a picture of Richard Allen because he was born a slave. But Richard Allen um, became a Methodist preacher, outspoken on racial equality. And he founded the AME, or the African Methodist Episcopal Church, which is one of the largest congregations still standing today. Hopefully, as I close, you learn something new regarding Africanism and its influence on black culture, but American culture. And I want to say thank you. Despite the tragedy of slavery, we are a culture of triumphs. So thrive with black joy, because as Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you.
0: Amen. We certainly want to thank Sister Sarita Lee. Amen. A beautiful, excellent uh, presentation. We certainly have been blessed this month in our moments in black history. And uh, the King family, amen. Thank you for sharing with us on the first Sunday. And for uh, Casey and Corey Peace, amen. On last uh, Sunday, Sister Sarita. And then we're going to culminate uh, the month one next Sunday. We have Sister Robin Johnson, uh, who is an author and is going to uh, speak to us uh, about uh, authors, African-American authors that bring us joy. And then as Sister Sherita mentioned, amen, some of you all were salivating when she had some of those pictures up, amen, as we talked about our soul food and uh, some of the Africanisms that uh, still are present for today. Uh, I meant to share uh, earlier one of the Africanisms that we have within our own family. That uh, as I grew up, every single Sunday, just like today, uh, all of my relatives spent uh, Sunday after church at my grandmother's house. I can't even remember a Sunday that we did not get together. So all of my cousins and all, we are like brothers and sisters. We spent just as much time with one another growing up. And so we would sit around the table. Uh, my father was the oldest, and he had seven sisters who were younger than him. And, and so uh, there were a lot of us that we would come together. And, of course, you know, each one of the aunts had a specialty that they made, you know. And they stuck to their specialty. You know, if somebody knew how to throw down one potato salad, they brought that potato salad. They was not going to fool with anybody else's. And so uh, what a wonderful thing. And, and so, again, we want to thank Sister Sherita. Amen, for an excellent presentation. Amen. Amen. We want to ask if uh, backbench boys if they'll come at this time.
5: Come on, let's go to the house of prayer. To the house of prayer. Jesus knows that we're coming. He's going to meet us there. In the house of prayer, there will be singing. But who cares in the house of prayer, lifting him up and praising his name, of our faith he is aware, so come on, let's go to the house of prayer. In the house of prayer, in the house of prayer, hell is the Lord, how we feel in the house of prayer, in the house of prayer, to share in our problems and our praise, Jesus knows however we can. It is time. Sing in the house. And let's pray. Oh, boy. meet us there, in the house of prayer, and we're gonna sing, and we're gonna pray, that the Lord have his way, so come on, people, let's go to the house of prayer.
6: Before doing the prayer, I have permission from Pastor, as the leader of the Prayer and Worship Warrior um, group, to bring news to you. It's going to make me cry, so please forgive me. Since the year 2000, about 3 o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up, and I spent the next few hours listening to him, asking me to pray for our nation. And I got word yesterday from my wife and something she saw on the internet that has sparked hope in me. On February 8th at a small Christian college called Asbury University in the state of Kentucky, they had a, a preacher that spoke on Second Chronicles 7, 14. It was God's answer to Solomon asking how could... He forgive our people at that time. And 714 says, If my people who are called by name shall humble themselves, admit their sin, repent, and turn from their evil ways, he would heal their land. After that meeting on February 8th, a few group of students decided to pray. It has been non-stop since then. On February 14th, there were 3,000 people in that meeting. Two-thirds of them were from out of state. Colleges such as Howard, ones in Massachusetts, Illinois, Minnesota, Tennessee, have joined. We listen to the news in our daily life, and our land needs healing. You can find information on this, just Google Kentucky Revival, CNN, and a few other stations and newspapers have been talking about this, and the social media has been credited. These people are coming as far away as England and Canada and Singapore. God is a God of hope. Amen, amen, amen. Our group here does pray for our nation and our people. And it's been over 20 years, 23 years, and I'm seeing God answer prayer. Amen, amen. So I hope each and every one of you will take the same opportunity throughout the rest of your day and week and month to ask the Lord to heal our nation. I thank you for that opportunity, Pastor. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are aware that many churches in this country are closing up every day. As Abba indicated, even in England, many of the churches have been turned over to mosques because The people have abandoned them. That's not our thought here, Second Baptist. We are still growing. We are growing because we have a pastoral staff that believes in worshiping you, honoring you, and presenting you every single day of their lives, as well as here Sunday. We're not looking for accolades as though we're somebody special. We are just reminding ourselves that you come first in our life, and with the teachings from our pastoral staff, uh, we get to live it. So I ask that you would anoint the pastor today, Father. I, I talk about this often. I ask that his voice would be as thunder. That just as earthquakes can tear down walls, I ask that his voice would. To anyone within his uh, hearing of his word would understand that to simply humble ourselves, to accept Jesus as our Savior, to follow Him, to give our life to Him is the greatest reward, greatest promises, and the greatest walk of life. I thank you for the blessings that you have bestowed on all of us here today, Father. Those in this building and those that are watching. But I ask that also that our voice would be heard and we would attract others also. I thank you in that worthy name of Jesus, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Cause you, you just passing through.
7: He's gone to his father, just like he said. He's preparing a place for those who.
1: Sing to you. And the words
7: of Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. For you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my father's house there are many mansions. He said, if it was not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. For this is not your home
1: This is not your home This is not your home to stay This is not your home You, you're just passing through Listen
7: Better get your business straight, delay, and it might be too late.
1: So hear the word, believe it, obey. He's waiting for you, he saved the
7: place. this
1: is my job. not your home to stay. This is not your home. You, you're just passing through. This is not your home. This is not your home to stay. This it's not your home, cause you, you're just passing through, oh, you, you're just passing through, yes. you, you're just passing through.
0: Let's give the Lord some praise. This is not your home to stay. Anybody know that we're just passing through? Come on in here, somebody. We're going to give the Lord some praise. We're just passing through. This is not our home today. We're just passing. Just passing through. Amen. Amen. I want to thank the Backbench boys. Amen. And God is just... Bless them with uh, such a rich sound and and a sincere sound of uh, lyrics and songs and just thinking about what the Lord has done, Amen. And uh, this group of men has been together for a long time, Amen. When I first came here to the church and wanted to get a men's uh, chorus together, Amen. And so that's been over 28, almost 28 years. Go. And so the men are hanging tough. Come on, let's thank the Lord again for the backbench boys. Amen. I'm so glad to see everybody. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Uh, we get back on track. Amen. Pandemic is over. Now, I know there's still some stuff out in the air. Amen. But we're going to keep moving. Everybody ready to move forward? Amen. We're ready to move forward. This is not our home. We are just passing through. I want to share really with you this morning a passage of scripture that uh, many of us are probably familiar with. You have heard of the Beatitudes before, amen, found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. And I'm going to ask you just to stand with me this morning, amen. I just want to read this text and I'm going and do something just a little different uh, for this morning. But listen, if you will, to the words that are recorded there. You know, those of you who, uh, as we get a little older, uh, our eyesight is not what it used to be, amen. Some Sundays I can see the screen, other Sundays I can't see the screen, amen. This is one of those Sundays I can't see the screen, amen. But to listen, if you will, to the words that are recorded there. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. NIV version says, now when Jesus saw the crowds... He went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. And he began to teach them, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You may be seated. I'm not going to give you the title of my message right away, but you're going to hear it in, in a few minutes. And I want you to see if this message applies to you today. Amen. Let's pray. Turn to God our Father. Lord, we've come on this day to magnify and to worship your precious and your holy name. And so we ask God that as your word comes forth, Father, if there's someone here under the sound of my voice who does not know you personally in the pardoning of their sins, that Lord, upon hearing your word, that someone would cry out this Sunday morning, Lord God, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be saved? We ask, God, that you would be with your man servant. Hide me behind the cross that I might preach with the power and the authority that you alone have given. For we ask these things in the mighty, matchless, marvelous name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say amen. Come on, we're going to give the Lord some praise in the end of the day. Let the church amen. say amen. We want to also thank Pastor Paul, Brother Chris, his niche, amen, for music as well as our backbench boys. And just thanking God for all of his blessings. Amen. You know, as Christians... We are called to be different than the world. And we're called to really to act differently from the world. You know, I was uh, reading the other day about a man who went to a restaurant. He and his wife went there and they were eating and the waitress comes out and she has a five-gallon jug of Thousand uh, Island dressing, amen. And, And as she comes out of the kitchen going to the salad bar to fill it up, Uh, Her heel catches there on the floor, and she moves forward, and and the thousand-island dressing flies over right on top of a man. And the container, it was all over the place, and he got thousand-island dressing from the top of his head to... The bottom of his shoes is dripping off of his forehead, It's dripping off of his chin. It's on the lapels of his suit. It's all over his tie, all the way down his pants, down to his shoes. He is a mess. And the man goes off. He goes ballistic in the restaurant. And he starts calling the poor waitress every name in the book. And he says, I can't believe how stupid you are. Look at this this is the first chance I had to wear this suit. The suit cost me $700, and you completely ruined it. And the waitress is trying to help out and trying to tell him, sir, listen, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, and he just tells her to get away from me. You caused me enough damage already. Then the wife chimes in, and, and she said, that's right, his suit costs $700. And so everybody in the whole restaurant is watching what's going on. And the man sees the manager come, and as the manager comes, he, he tells him that the manager comes and the manager says, uh, is there a problem? And the man says, are you stupid? You see, I got a problem. I got stuff all over me. What a dumb question. And the waitress ruined my suit. He said, this is the first chance that I've had to wear this $700 suit. And the manager said, listen, sir, we will clean it up. We will fix this for you. No problem. We can take care of it. And the man said, I don't want the suit clean. I want my money, and I want you to give it to me right now, $700. And so the manager disappeared with the man with him. So I imagine that he wrote him a check for that amount. But the interesting part, church, of this story, is that this happened on a Sunday afternoon. And I wonder why a man would have on a $700 suit on a Sunday afternoon. Probably he just came from church. From hearing, I'm sure, a great sermon on loving your neighbor as yourself. And it's been said that people who work in the food service business will tell you that the very worst people to wait on are the people who have just got out of church (laughs) on a Sunday morning. And church, I tell you that because that's tragic. Because we are called to be different. Amen? We are called to be different in restaurants. We're called to be different at the ball field. We're called to be different on the golf course. We're called to be different in school. We're called to be different in the classroom. Amen. And so Jesus recognizes the need that we have. And so, the very first sermon that Jesus ever preached, he said some countercultural things about being different and how being different brings about true satisfaction and fulfillment and happiness into your life. So, in Matthew chapter 5, the text is commonly referred to as the Beatitudes, amen? And the Beatitudes really are countercultural teaching. Jesus is telling them and instructing them to do things differently than what the present culture says to do. And so Jesus talks about each one of these areas, each one of these Beatitudes. And he likens it to like steps, like rungs on a ladder in terms of living this countercultural life and walking with God throughout all the years and all of our days, amen? So here's my message title for you this morning, amen? I want you to turn to your neighbor and just ask your neighbor, which step of the ladder are you on? Which step of the ladder are you on? Jesus says that if you want to be happy, if you want to be fulfilled, it's a countercultural thing that you got to climb the steps of the ladder in these beatitudes, amen. Yeah. And so as we break down these beatitudes, I want to tell you this morning, the very first step to climb is in verse 3 of this text. Cuz verse 3 says that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, amen. Blessed are The poor in spirit. How's that for starters? Amen. You want to be happy? You want to feel blessed? You want to be satisfied? You want to feel fulfilled? Jesus said that you have to become poor in spirit. Amen. And what Jesus is saying here is that you will be happy and blessed when you discover that you're spiritually broke and busted. Amen. When you reach in your spiritual pockets and you turn them inside out, and all you have is some little lint balls in there, amen? Listen to me. You'll never, ever be happy in life until you recognize that you are spiritually busted and you're in need of God in your life. Amen, somebody. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, the pride's got to stop, amen? You got to stay and say that I need God in my life. And so the very first step in order for us to get to the place where we can serve God the way that we should is that we need to take the first step on the ladder because blessed are the poor in spirit. Amen? The next step on the ladder is in verse 4. Listen to what verse 4 says. It says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Amen? And what Jesus is doing, he is laying these steps out in a logical progression for us. Amen? And I want you to listen to really what he's talking about here. He says that blessed are they that mourn over the fact that they're poor in spirit. Amen? In other words, blessed are you when you recognize that you need God and it starts to do something on the inside of you. Amen? So what I'm talking about is that when you get to the point where it isn't just head knowledge of, yeah, I think I need God, but when it moves into your heart and your heart starts to get real soft and you begin to weep over your sin, amen? That's why I I love the scripture in Matthew 26. You all remember when Peter denied Jesus, amen? And it says that Peter went out and that he wept bitterly, amen? What happened was that Peter just lost it over his sin. Have you ever done that in your life, amen, where you had sin in your life and you recognized the need and you confessed it to God and you just broke out crying, realizing what it is that you had done, amen? And sometimes, church, it just feels great to say, God, here's who I really am. Amen, somebody. Jesus said, blessed are you when you mourn over the fact that you discovered that you're poor in spirit. He said, for then you will be comforted. Amen. We're going up the ladder of these Beatitudes. Amen. There's a third step on the ladder. If we look at verse 5 of the text, listen to what it says. It says, blessed are the meek, for they will what? Inherit the earth. Amen. Blessed are the meek. And when we hear the word weak, we, we usually think about somebody who's weak and wimpy. Uh, we think y'all remember Steve Urkel amen and used to have and 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 they used to call him uh, uh, just uh, he was weird and and, and uh, uh, he was just uh, weird and, 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 and the type of person there but that's not really what meek means amen meek in the original Greek meant to bridle wide horses or to put strength and power under control amen so really what Jesus is saying church is that once you discover that's your poor in spirit. It does something in your heart. And then it's time for you to go to God and say, God, I need you to control my life. Yes. One of the reasons that we see we have so much trouble and problems today is because we want to be in control. Yeah. That we want to be in charge. That we want to lead the way. How many of you know today that God is in control? Amen. Amen. So, what we do in our culture when we realize that something's not quite right, you know what we do? We turn to self help. Amen? And, and self help, well, you think about it for a minute. Self help is what you call an oxymoron. Amen? Meaning that it's contradictory terms that are being used. Amen? Can I tell you this morning? Self help can't help. Amen, somebody? Self help. Self help. Can't help. Amen. And because self-help can't help, that's why we get so frustrated with self-help. Amen, somebody? You see, because our problem is that we start asking anybody and everybody else to help instead of reaching out and asking God, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, you help me. Amen. Listen, I'm talking about self. Amen. Just tap yourself on the Self is what I'm talking about. Meaning us. Self is unreliable. Self is undependable. Self can't be trusted. Amen, somebody? Self can't accomplish anything eternal. Self Self can't give you the transformational power that you need to live the kind of life in this uh, countercultural society in which we live. Amen? Because if self-help could really help then Jesus would have just given us all a gift card to Barnes and Noble and told you just go buy a book. Get a latte while you're there and have a nice life. Amen somebody. But self-help church can help. And so Jesus said blessed are you when you recognize that self can't help. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Amen. And so You say, okay, God, I'm going to become meek, and I'm going to turn the controls of my life over to you. Amen? We need to say that, Lord, I surrender my life, and I place it in the potter's hand. Lord, take me. Lord, mold me. Lord, fill me. Lord, use me. Lord, help me that that I might yield my life to you. Amen? Listen to me, church. You will never be happy in this life until you take those first three steps of that ladder. Amen. Amen. That you recognize your need. That you recognize that you're just spiritually busted. Amen, somebody. And repent and with meekness invite and ask God to help you in your life. Amen. Because when you take those first three steps, we're starting to get on track to what God wants us to do. Amen. Amen. Because when that old person is gone and the new person takes over, amen, Jesus Christ has forgiven us for all of our sins, and now we got a sense of freedom in our lives, amen? But let me tell you something. It's not going to come automatically to you, amen? Wow. Amen, somebody. And the way we behave because we still got some old baggage left on us. Look around the room, amen, and just, matter of fact, if we had a mirror and held it up and and just tell the truth and shame the devil, anybody want to admit this morning we still got some old baggage hanging on us, amen? Y'all know that you do, amen. I'll put my hand up and nobody else will, amen. We got old baggage along. So on step ladder number four, verse six, listen to what it says. Jesus then says that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Amen? So what that really means is that meaning is uh, of who hunger and thirst after the ways of God. Amen, somebody? You see, your spiritual appetite starts to change. And you're no longer hungry over stuff like popularity. You're no longer hungry over prestige. No longer hungry over power. No longer hungry over materialism. No longer hungry over achievement and worldly success. Amen. But here you are now. You're hungry for the things of God. And as you hunger for the things of God, you're going to get filled up. Because you discovered that those other things leave you unsatisfied. But the things of God won't leave you unsatisfied. Amen. Because the things of God, church, will fill you up. Amen. And so as your hunger and your thirst after God's ways, as you renew your mind daily through the word of God and you let the word of Christ dwell and you richly, your life begins to change. Amen, somebody. Anybody know anything about a changed life? Anybody living right now a changed life? Anybody benefiting right now because you gave your heart and your life over to Jesus? Amen, somebody. I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that those first four steps were all inward things. Amen, somebody? Things that happen on the inside of you. Amen? And you know how I categorize those? I categorize those as the preparation phase of being a follower of Jesus Christ. But touch somebody and tell them you can't stay there in the preparation phase. Amen? You can't stay there. There's got to be, church, a presentation of your life. Amen, somebody. What some believers have a tendency to do, they want to skip over those first four steps. And they just want to jump over to the next four at what some authors call Christian behavioralism. Amen. That's when somebody says, I act like I'm a Christian, but I really don't have much foundation. Y'all don't hear what I'm telling you. They're saying that I really don't know God. I know about him, but I'm just faking it in this life. Amen, somebody. Can I help somebody this morning, amen? You can't skip those first four steps, amen, if you want to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ, amen? You can't skip those next four steps if you want to live a life that's going to shine in this world so that others are able to see your good works and they want to know how it is that you are living in this kind of crazy world and you still got a smile on your face and you still giving God praise and glory. Has anybody ever stopped you in the midst of all the chaos that's going around and you've seen things going up and down and problems all around you but you still got a smile on your face? and they wonder how it is that you can have a smile on your face. In the midst of all of this chaos, in the midst of all of this turmoil, in the midst of all of these problems, in the midst of all this discouragement and defeat, how in the world can you still get up in the morning and go into work and still give God praise and glory in the midst of whatever you're going through? I stopped by to tell somebody today that in the midst of whatever's going on in your life, that if you turn it over to Jesus, how many of you know that if you turn it over to Jesus, And you let the Lord have his way in your life. Anybody know that God is able to work it out? Can I ask you this morning, has the Lord ever worked anything out for you? Has he ever made a way out of no way for you? Has he ever brought you through the times and the tribulations and the trials of life? Has the Lord ever touched you and made a difference in your life? Has the Lord ever raised you, amen, and done something that all you can say is thank you, Jesus? I wish I had ten folk in here who don't mind giving God praise, who don't mind saying thank you, Jesus, who don't mind giving God the credit who don't mind moving up for the Lord, who don't mind serving God no matter what in a counter cultural society. I just stopped by today to let somebody know that if you turn it over to Jesus, I said if you turn it over to Jesus, God is able to work it out. Come on in here, somebody. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Church, preparation is essential. And then presentation is essential. Amen? I want you to look at the Bible, and and it tells us the next step on the ladder. Listen to what verse 7 says. It says, blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Y'all know about mercy? You are living mercy right now in your life. Amen, somebody? Mercy is the first thing that comes out of your life after all this inside stuff's been going on. It's God's mercy, amen? My brothers and my sisters, if God loves me now and I love you because of what's going on in the inside of me. God has made a change on the inside of me. And so that means that we got to show mercy to others. Every time you turn on the news right now, what do you see? All kind of killing and and all. Matter of fact, I even stopped turning it on. It just got to me this past week. I don't know how many mass killings that they had just this past week. But we are living in end-time scenarios, church. That's why there's so many of you here today. Because I believe you are seeing it. That you're starting to recognize it and that you know that the only way you're going to make it through these last days in which we are living is if we come to the house of the Lord, that we begin to turn our lives and our hearts over to God, that we begin to live for God, that we begin to show mercy, that we begin to bless others, that we begin to live our lives in presentation so that others are able to see God's goodness. I believe that from this point forward, we're going to be given more testimony people in this world than ever before. Brother Robin was sharing with you then a revival that has broke out, amen? But you know what revival is and what God is trying to do? God is giving a last chance to the people to come to him, to make a choice, to make a decision, to give your heart and your life over to him. And I encourage you, I implore you to take him up on it. If your life is out of whack, if you are living in sin right now, if you turn it over to the Lord right now, he will receive you just as you are. Amen? But time is running out. And so we got to make a choice. We have to make a decision on who it is that we're going to serve. Amen, somebody? And so my prayer is today that we will make a choice to serve God to live our lives that are pleasing in his sight, to be an example, to be a witness in this world to our family members, to our children, to our grandchildren, to those who are connected, as Sister Sherita mentioned about, uh, and culture and the connectedness, amen? That God has given us, church, an opportunity, a chance to serve him right now. And so my question is, which step of the ladder that you're on, amen? And if you need to bolster where you are in your relationship with God, he can do it right now. Amen. But all you got to do is turn it over to him. And so I want to ask you this morning, is there anybody who's just ready to commit and surrender to God and to turn it over to him and to let God have his way in your life? Amen, somebody. And if you're willing to do so, if you're willing, even as a believer right now, to get back on track begin to study God's word. Begin to live for God. Begin to witness. Begin to share. Begin to show mercy. Begin to show love. Amen. If we will do this, I'm going to tell you, revival will break out. Amen. Is anybody ready for a revival? I said, is anybody ready for a revival? Then come on, let's give God some praise in the house of the Lord, amen, that God is able because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. He paid our sin, debts, in full church. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to praise Him this morning. I'm going to shout this morning. I'm going to give God praise this morning. I'm going to lift my hands in the air. I don't care who's looking. We're going to give God praise. Somebody give the Lord some praise today. Stand with me this morning. Stand with me this morning, church. Stand with me this morning. The backbench boys sang a song that this is not our home down here, that we're just passing through. But we can only pass through this way one time. This is the day that you have to make a choice that you have to make a decision so I invite and encourage you today if there's someone here who is here in person or someone who is listening on live stream today and the Lord is speaking just to you that this is your day that this is your time this is the opportunity for you to surrender your life to you our deacons are going down the aisle amen and their arms are wide open to invite to encourage you if there are those who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior to confess your sins unto the Lord, amen, to repent and invite and encourage and ask the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. If there's one here today, you could come this morning as a candidate for baptism. You can come as Christian experience, amen. But we invite you to come now to give your heart and your life to him, amen. Those who are watching by live stream, you can reach out to us, amen, either on our Facebook page or a website or you can call the office, you can text, you can email, amen, but just let us know. We'd be happy to receive you. Amen. Is there anyone looking for a church home? Amen. We invite and encourage you to unite in fellowship here at Second Baptist. Amen. This is not your home to stay. We're just passing through. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. What a mighty God, church, that we serve. Come on, let's give God praise. Some of our men, before you leave, amen, we want to set up that fellowship hall with the tables, amen. So uh, we need some of that.